Good morning. You're just in time. Welcome to the St. Gabriel Cafe, your sacred space to sip on today's local blend of faithful encouragement. Let's start our day together. Good morning, friends. Welcome in. I'm Amanda Miller. I'm Dave Orsborn, and we're excited to have you with us this morning in the St. Gabriel Cafe, our live and local morning show. Cam Clutter, as always, is our faithful barista. And joining us this hour in the cafe are our wonderful friends and St. Elizabeth Ann Seton parishioners, Aaron and Liz Christie. We'll be chatting about their life on mission, especially as a Catholic family, but also some of the ways that they serve our Lord and his church. Good morning, Dave. Good morning, Amanda. How are you? Wonderful. Let's start in prayer. Let's do it. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Come, Holy Spirit. Good morning, Father. We love you. We praise you. We adore and worship you. Thank you for this day. Thank you for this time together. Uh, Thank you for... Just all the blessings uh, that you've uh, sent on us. Uh, We pray this morning uh, for those that may be alone and those that are searching. uh, They may not even know what they're searching for, but uh, we ask for your, your grace and your blessings over them. And we pray for each of us to have uh, boldness and love um, for those that we encounter today so that we may introduce them to you. So, Father, we love you. We offer this prayer to you in the name of your Son, who is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And we offer this, as always, to our Blessed Mother. Amen. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Do you know this uh, coming Monday actually has a name? What is it? I just learned this, but it explains a lot. It's called Blue Monday. Oh, okay. The what most is... depressing day of the year. Oh, wow. So, so I guess you don't celebrate you Blue go. Monday, but <laughs> but I think that kind of ex- explains kind of the um kind of the letdown after the after the Christmas season. Hmm. You know how things there's so much anticipation going through December. You know, we celebrate Advent, we celebrate Christmas, and then our name for it is Ordinary Time, I guess, right? Okay. <laughs> but I mean, so you're coming down from all these festivities and celebrations, and now you're kind of back into the grind, mm. and the weather doesn't help. It's dark. Right. It's rainy. That's as much as I'll talk about the weather Thanks. today. Um, <laughs> But I, but I think that, and then my week this week has been disrupted with the family being gone. Right. And so my, my schedule's been, you know, cruddy. Right. And scattered. And different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I was so grateful in prayer this morning to have a habit, to have a routine, mm-hmm. um, to fall back on, so to speak, when things are disrupted. And just so grateful because disquieting myself, um, I make a holy hour before, before I come in and to have that routine established over time, those habits really, um, help me to encounter Christ. Right. So. How has that been going this week? Thank God for the routine. Mm -hmm. You know, it's. 
a habit, a routine. I, yet it's not routine. <laughs> you know, it, it, there's always something exciting and new because the Lord is alive right. and uh, the Holy Spirit is present. So I get up, I set a timer for an hour. I'm, I've worked up to, to that amount of time. And I have the things that I do in that hour. Um, my day is anchored in the liturgy of the hour. So I have uh, morning prayer. I do the daily readings. I do uh, some spiritual reading. And right now I'm doing uh, a commentary on the Psalms. And then I've been working through the gospels with the word on fire gospel. So I have both the scriptures well as um, wonderful commentary and uh, really a page and a half or so of each. But I try to pick commentaries or spiritual reading that is shorter. Mm-hmm. Um, so four things, if you want to look at it linearly, if you can look at things linearly, uh, about 15 minutes each, but that varies, you know, and I just kind of work my way through them and then spend the remainder of the hour on what spoke to me. Mm -hmm. And something always speaks to me, which I'm blessed. I think, I think you're making a good point here in that the routine, especially when things either start to get hectic or we're back to something dreary or, you know, ordinary or whatever Mm -hmm. that, uh, always able to fall back on that routine, but you're able to do that because you started one. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It makes me think of our conversation yesterday with the Focus Missionaries. Mm-hmm. And Luke had said he listened to a podcast on, if you want to be dynamic, you have to be specific. Yes. And uh, actually, as he was saying that, it was reminding me of my own morning routine. And I had, okay, I had realized I was getting to the point, I'm not finding enough prayer li- prayer time. And so I just need to write myself out a routine. And I did that. And then I realized, okay, part of this, like dynamic specific, I would say you also have to be realistic because I wrote myself out a routine like months, a month ago or something. Mm -hmm. And then I realized, well, the reality is I could write myself out this, this routine that I want to do, but also there's things in the morning that I just also have to add in there. And so critiquing my, my schedule so that I could be practical and realistic about it as well and fit in the prayer time I would like to do. Mm. Do you want to share what your routine looks like these days? Uh, yeah. So I, I wake up and I also have about an hour before I start to get ready. And so I use that time for either journaling or Lexio, uh, or just silent prayer, sometimes praise, Uh, But, you know, also it has those realistic things of, well, sometimes I'm hungry first thing in the morning or that day I need a cup of coffee first thing in the morning or, you know, things like that. Or, you know, I had a hard workout, so I'm going to stretch maybe first. So I've started to add extra time there Mm -hmm. so that I could be realistic about, okay, what are just some of my my needs and having time for for the prayer that I want to get in as well. That's wonderful. Cam, what's your morning routine look like? Um, very different actually. And, and well, cause I, you I was, have a nine month old also. Right. So well, <laughs> there's some variability in there. 2am sometimes, right? <laughs> no. Um, I've actually been in, and my wife and I've been talking about this a lot recently together because we, we have a similar background in both in that we were both missionaries up at 
Damascus Catholic Mission Campus for a couple years, never really overlapping, but um, just reflecting on how like prayer routines shift and change with the different season that you're in sometimes mm-hmm. too, and not being too hard on yourself in that. Right. Absolutely. So there was a point in time, and I don't know, maybe because I was thinking, I was like, is it naive that like there was a point in time where I could take just a journal into the chapel and be like, I'm just going to like journal for an hour right now and do it and and get a lot out of that. And now I'm like, I don't know if I can <laughs> journal for more than 15 minutes without falling asleep or something like that. And so really just recognizing God's mercy in that. So my morning routine often looks like only about 20, 25, 30 minutes, depending on how much sleep I got the night before to just begin my day in gratitude. And I've been doing that for the last couple months and really just like centering myself. One of my favorite prayers to sit with has been something along the lines of, um, Lord, show me today what you are touching today, because everything in my life that you've touched in the past has turned out for good. And so if you show me today what you're touching today, then I know that I I don't have to have anxiety or worry for tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Um, And so starting kind of with like gratitude and then that prayer. And then from there, I usually go into the office of readings. Um, There's a lot of great Psalms and I love particularly like the reflections and readings from a lot of the church fathers or popes or whoever else. Um, and then letting the Lord speak to me through, through that as well. Um, and that usually lasts 20, 25 minutes, mm-hmm. which is good. Mm-hmm. I like that routine. Well, like, yeah, making that commitment and my commitment is to the time. So I, I, I set the timer for 60 minutes and, and the actual elements, so to speak, change. I, I'd like to say what the Lord wants me to change them to, but it's it just there. I think there is a prompting there. So I may dial back on some of the spiritual reading and stay more scripturally mm-hmm. uh, focused. I have that voice in my head, Father Larry Richards um, from years ago. No Bible, no breakfast, no Bible, no bed. Wow. And darn it that's Father. a good one yeah. <laughs> yeah so so scripture or or commentaries on the scripture seems to be the consistent anchor right there we could all use more of that right yeah <laughs> i was just gonna say the same thing i think we could all use more scripture in our lives oh, there's yeah. like a long-running joke that protestants know their bible better than catholics do and and i always like have what I would call almost like a holy jealousy for our, for our oh, yeah, Protestant for sure. Christian brothers and sisters, because I'm like, I desire to know my Bible that way. Um, to be able to just like kind of, you know, quote passages that have really stuck out to me and, and struck me and sat with me uh, through the years. And so um, coming back to our ongoing conversation about how Amanda has a distaste for New Year's resolutions. Aww. We can talk more about that tomorrow. <laughs> um, perhaps my my New Year's perspective or New Year's goal um, is to sit with more individual scripture passages that, that yeah. also stick out to me. Have you guys one. memorized a lot of scripture? Not as much as I would like, for sure. I do notice, though, I used to be in a habit of praying the liturgy of the hours. And so now whenever I hear something from one of those typical Psalms, I am able to maybe finish it or finish it in my, like a rough kind of way. Yeah. Uh, that, 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 I have more of a familiarity right. with the story and, and what 
happens in certain places in the Bible. But I, I'm, I'm not a good memorizer. I never have been. Just sweated through all the things like the Gettysburg yeah. Address same, and the preamble. <laughs> and, and I mean, all these things. I just, yeah, it was, it was torture. But if there is something on my heart, then I can find that place, especially in the Psalms now, since I've really um, spent a lot more time with the Psalms the last couple of years. It, it, a number comes to mind, or, you know, and, um, whether it's a lamentation or just straight up praise right. or um, a call of you know for help, mm-hmm. I kind of know where to go. Those those old standbys, mm-hmm. um, and then the parables and some of those uh, real strong encounters that Christ has with people uh, right. through the gospels. I try to memorize scripture. I really do try. I'm bad at trying. Um, and the Lord knows that. So. That's honest, Cam. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> I try, but I'm bad at trying. And the, and the Lord knows that. So. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Amen. So, friends, I guess the uh, takeaway is um, never too late, right, to, to come up with those routines, those habits, and uh, just make time for the Lord each day. We're going to be back in a couple minutes with our friends Liz and Aaron Christie. We're going to talk about their marriage and different ways that they serve the Lord together. Good Jesus, you are the Most High God, everlasting and always living. You have shown us the way to the Father and sent the Holy Spirit to guide us. We implore thy most sacred heart to have mercy on us in this time of need. Bless and protect the vulnerable. Give hope to all and fill our hearts with confidence in your divine mercy. Be our joy in the midst of suffering and our stability in the midst of uncertainty. Your forgiveness we seek, your love we need. Your protection we implore. Forgive our sins and heal our wounds. Strengthen any weakness of faith and make us strong so as to give witness to your glory. Keep far from us any illness, pestilence, or harm. You are our refuge. You are our comfort. You are our hope. Through the intercession of Our Lady, health of the sick, we come to your most sacred heart and beseech your protection and blessing. Most sacred heart of Jesus, have mercy on us. Amen. Do you have a minute for lasting happiness? Living virtuously is the way to freedom, happiness, and holiness. To grow in virtue, we must learn about it, practice it, and persevere in it. This is what the saints have achieved with excellence. An excellent example of the virtue of patience is seen in Mother Teresa. She lived patience heroically by bearing difficulties calmly and enduring long-suffering for Christ. Already a religious sister and teacher, she accepted another call from God to serve the poorest of the poor. She waited with great patience for the support needed to found the Missionaries of Charity. This congregation brings Christ's love to the sick and dying around the world. Let us ask Mother Teresa to pray for us, that we may grow in patience. Educate yourself in virtue. Learn more 
at educationinvirtue.com. Welcome back, friends, to the St. Gabriel Cafe. I'm Amanda Miller. I'm Dave Orsborn, and we are joined here in the cafe this morning by Liz and Aaron Christie. Christie's, good morning. Good morning. Hi there. Liz, you are the Associate Director for the Department of Evangelization and a frequent flyer here in the cafe. <laughs> yes. Or a frequent sipper. Or, yeah. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, awesome. Aaron? I brought you're, a friend. You're Liz's husband? I, I'm, I'm used to that everywhere <laughs> I go. I liked how you suggested that because I, I sent you a text yesterday afternoon. How, you know, how would you like to be introduced? And you said it's Liz's husband. I, I, That's that, awesome. Well, so at home we have this computer that I use for work. And we have a shared Zoom account. And uh, very often, I will accidentally log into my work Zoom calls, and it'll pop up with Liz's face <laughs> and everything. And they're like, oh, Liz has joined us. So one of these times, I'm actually going to let her just like actually join. But like, I- I'm even at work, people are like, oh, you're Liz's husband. So. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> and what do you do? Uh, software developer. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And also unofficial photographer for X29. Maybe we'll get into that as uh, one of the ways that you help out, because I... I think that's great. I think that's great. We want to talk about your your journey together and um, how you met and, and kind of your conversion stories. But um, we t- spoke off air a couple minutes ago about your habits and your routines in the morning. Anything that that you want to contribute or, or share with us? Uh, you go first. You go first. All right. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, first of all. Um, you know, you talked quite a bit about the Psalms, and I also anchor my day in the Liturgy of the Hours. And that was a, something, like a lot of people start doing something for Lent, and then they just don't quit. That was kind of what mm. happened with me. Um, and not that I'm advertising for them, but if anybody wants to get started in that, the, the Word on Fire subscription service for Liturgy of the Hours is awesome. It makes it so easy. So easy. There's no ribbons. There's no flipping. Um, it's great. So especially for somebody like me, I can just go kind of straight through it. But I'll tell you, one of the things I struggle with was the Psalms in general for years. Yes. I'm like, yeah. what's up with these Israelites? They're like, they're like, you know, vindictive and needy and whiny and like, and I'm always confused. I like, I never got it. And I like, I realized, you know, Jesus spent his days with the Psalms. He spent his time on the cross with the Psalms. So I, I didn't dismiss them out of hand. I just didn't, I couldn't relate. Right. Um, there's so much emotion in there. But I think part of parenthood and marriage is that the, the longer you go and the more maturity that you get there, the more the, the Psalms actually spoke to me. And so now they mean something completely different than I think when I, when I first started trying to understand them. Well, and if you don't understand salvation history in mm-hmm. the Old Testament and, and all the cultural and historical parts of um, the uh, Jewish experience, you're, you're not going to really grasp what's happening in the background and then you throw in the whole poetry thing as well you know and <laughs> and analogies and metaphors and that's where a, a good commentary um really helped me and once i kind of understood what was happening you know through the psalms um yeah well and they're, but they're very much anchored in like truth mm-hmm. and and trust in god and so I think for me anyway, that's been really great as, as you have large and small crosses that you bear. That's so important to have that as yeah. an anchor. And the, the fact that um, Jesus himself prayed these Psalms right. really helped me also is, you know, how was Jesus praying them? And then also looking for, like you do any scripture, where is Jesus here? And uh, the ones that, 
have the the most difficulty was understanding the uh, the lamentations and just the crying out and the suffering. And somebody had reminded me that you're, you're praying with the church for the church in these moments and that offer those prayers for somebody that isn't able to pray in that way at mm-hmm. that moment. And, and that was a game changer for me also. So even if I'm not personally feeling what's happening in the Psalm, I, I can do it for somebody else. That's great advice. Yes. So Liz, what's your, uh, what's your routine? Yeah. All right. Well, I'm just going to keep it completely real here. I'm terrible at morning routines, terrible at it, but I like the idea of it. So I keep trying. <laughs> you so, know yourself yeah, and you're honest. I keep trying. So, but for me, it's like, just like literally just like getting up and you know, if I can, I, if I can just like get myself together, get in the car and start driving, my drive time is usually, um, that's been my habit for years and years. Like that's my prayer time. That's my reflection time. Good. That's where I'm like, okay, I'm in this car. There are no other distractions. Everybody's doing their own things. This will be my time with the Lord. So, um, and then throughout the day. So I build it in all throughout the day. You know, we have um, at the cathedral, there's a 1205 mass. So midday there can be mass or um, just prayer breaks throughout the day. And um, two things I've been kind of working on. So I started the catechism in a year with Father Mike Mm -hmm. last year. So it's going to be the catechism in two years for me. Yeah, um, <laughs> like, I'm still working on the yeah. Bible in the year. So. Yes, <laughs> but it's great. So just you know, working through that, and um, about every couple of days, I'll get an episode of that on. Um, but I did pick a scripture verse this year that I'm kind of carrying with me so far. We're on what week two of the new year, so it's not a resolution. It's just <laughs> something that kind of New Year's Day. I was like, oh this scripture is really speaking to me. I'm just going to kind of sit with this. And so I keep mm-hmm. just going back to it every day and incorporating into what I'm doing. So it's Colossians three fifteen through 17. Let the peace of Christ control your heart. Let the word of God dwell in you richly. Wow. Um, and yeah, just that's kind of the, um, the short version of it is like, I, I was like, I want to go into this new year with like the energy of Christ. He was peaceful with people he was you know all the things that he did like that scripture just kind of but but then like why can't just talk like what jesus energy like what what is that you know what is that but so so that scripture kind of speaks to that for me how did you find that passage um it was the gospel acclamation verse on uh the feast of the holy family i think excellent and and so i sing at church so when i proclaimed that I was like oh I like that and then just like then the next day I'm like yeah I'm gonna I'm just gonna keep that one with me that that's I like this I, I want this to be what my year mm-hmm. is anchored in so yeah I think that's so important to have those scripture verses that you come back to to just like reground yourself mm-hmm. I love that yeah well your prayers for the energy of Christ yes like what he brings you know how he dealt with people how he because we, we interact with people all the time, right? We're always um, in different personalities and different things that we have to just juggle and manage. And so mm. uh, the way Christ worked with the people around him, like just just that kind of peacefulness, even in difficult times, even during admonishment or even during, you know, and um, if you if you actually read that whole Colossians uh, 3, 5 through 17, it, it talks about that too. So um, 
I don't have that part memorized, so you'll have to read it yourself. But it's in there. Well, it's, um, a, it's, yeah. a, it's only the tenth, right? Yeah, there is, yeah. We'll work on it. <laughs> so, yeah. Awesome. We're speaking with Aaron and Liz Christie, parishioners at Elizabeth Ann Seton in Pickerington or Reynoldsburg. Reynolds? Pickerington. Pickering. Reynoldsburg okay. is St. Pius, which is um, that's where Got a it. lot of our kids go to the Catholic school. Mm-hmm. So we do a lot of things with them. Um, yeah. Yeah. How'd you guys meet? Uh, we met in Europe. <laughs> that's the that's the uh, fun sound, story to tell. Sounds, so sounds better. No, uh, we went to the same high school, and yeah, Fisher yeah. Catholic in Lancaster. Go Irish. Yes. Right on. Did yes. you start dating in high school, or we, just knew each other? And we did start dating. So, um, so it, actually, we started speaking to each other on this trip to Europe. So the French club took a trip the summer before my junior year, the summer before your senior year. Liz always likes to remind everybody. He's that so she, much older. That's it, right there. <laughs> one, one year, we tried to, I tried to do our 40th birthday parties together, and I'm like, hey, Liz, here's a good idea. When we turn 40, we should just have our parties together. And the look on her face, she was just like, uh, no, we do not celebrate our birthdays together. <laughs> Ever. Ever. <laughs> but we are in the same month. I'm yeah. the first, and he's the 29th. She's like, of... you will be 40. Yeah. I will be 39. <laughs> <laughs> so we can celebrate it on mine. But but no, so we both went on this trip, and um, yeah, we just, what, we went bowling one night with a group of friends. In Ireland, I think. Yeah. And kind of just started talking, and then... Um, you know, we were just all kind of together for a few weeks. We didn't start dating on the trip, but when we got back to school that fall, I remember some friends came up to me and they said, um, well, first of all, his nickname was Ace. Oh, so, no. yeah, Ace. we have to say that. <laughs> I love it. Are we still live? Yeah. yeah we're still live. Sorry. <laughs> okay. uh, and they were like, oh, Ace Christie was talking about you at band camp. Okay. Oh. So the, that is like, such a oh. cool nickname. It, it, Sister Pat. Uh, okay. When I was in like eighth grade, there are too many errands in the class. So she, for whatever reason, she just called, started calling me Aaron. Or she called me Ace. So what happened? But so it just stuck. happened. <laughs> yeah. No. It, it shows up every once in a while if we see a high school friend. They're like, oh, Ace. But our nieces and nephews, he's Uncle Ace to them, which is, I think is really sweet and cute. So um, So yeah. then you and Ace started so, hanging out together. This is what we happened. Did. <laughs> we did. He invited me to homecoming. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we've almost been together ever since mm. we, we took a we took a one week break uh well we were just reminiscing about this because it was like 30 years ago on new year's eve i broke up with him on new year's on eve. new year's on eve. eve can you believe oh, this i'm so okay. sorry so has your opinion of liz changed now yeah yeah I'll there bet. you go but here's why yeah. but at least yeah, it wasn't here's his why. birthday yeah <laughs> because proper discernment okay we'd been dating a year he was off in college i was still in high school and we were committed and serious and i'm like wait am i ready to say like yes to my whole life i don't know i'm 17 i need a minute Mm. and so Mm. i took a minute it lasted a week and then we were back together but then once we were back together that was it like we knew we're both you know i also went to ohio state that was the other thing i was deciding where to go to school and i'm like well i don't want to just follow my boyfriend to school i need to like things just need to be in right right and proper order and um yeah so did that come out of a prayer life at that point i mean did you have that kind of relationship with the lord where um you call it discernment on on hindsight but was it actual as you were going through it i did pray for him before i knew him so there was definitely a prayer life surrounding the relationship not as mature in any way 
that it is now. But but yes, like I was always like praying, like help me find the person I'm supposed to be with. I didn't just want to date people or be with people. I wanted I wanted a solid commitment. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I knew that from the beginning. So did you have a picture of a playing card no. in your head, like a joker <laughs> no. or an ace? An ace? No. no. Like, where are you I, going? We're never going to leave this out. <laughs> no, I did not. Um, I'm but, glad you had that maturity. I, honestly, I didn't. I didn't. I don't think I had that at the time. Okay. I, I look back at it, you know, I, my parents, I was an only child. My, my parents, um, you know, was just a great inspiration for me on how a marriage should work. And so for mm. me, it was, it made sense that I would, that I would date and marry you. But I can't say that at the time I had a prayer life where I was praying for you. That's changed over time drastically, obviously. But. Mm-hmm. Yeah. M- married after college then? Yeah, we went. So, so he was at Ohio State first. I did follow him, um, and he stayed an extra year, got a double major. So we graduated together, and then we got married that summer. And then here's another really sweet story. So this was Valentine's Day, my freshman year, his sophomore year, and again, it was another like um, crossroads point of um, he was super busy with his classes. I was freshman year, so I was not busy with anything, and <laughs> and I'm like wait, are you still committed to me? Like, are mm-hmm. you know, a year ago, I said yes to this forever. Are you still on the same page? And so for Valentine's Day, he wrote me a beautiful letter, just like expressing his commitment. And he gave me a pair of Ohio State baby booties. Okay, little socks. And he said, these are for our children to wear home from the hospital after they're born. Mm-hmm. I am committed to you at this level. And I was like, okay. And I, we're good. So guys out there, uh, pro tip. There's- wow, for, from the Ace Playbook. <laughs> yeah, wow. from the Ace Playbook. <laughs> yeah. And, um, well done, uh, brother. Yeah. And I still have yeah. them, and uh, both of our children did wear those home from the hospital. And yeah. The other, the other thing um, we like to, I mean, say you're Catholic without saying you're Catholic. We uh, are. We got married on the beheading of John the Baptist, so we always like we always like to talk about that on our anniversary. That's intense. <laughs> we, we unplanned by us that yeah. we. Yeah, that was not scheduled. I don't think we really like put that together until a couple years ago. Aaron one day was like, it was our anniversary, and that was his Facebook post to commemorate our anniversary. He's like, two great things happened today. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, and we're um. What role did Christ and, and and the church play in 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 those days uh, as newlyweds? Yeah, I mean, definitely a growing process. I think for both of us. So, Would you say you were both on the same page? Be or yes. about pursuing at, at the? We were talking about this yesterday um, off air uh, about relationships that are unevenly yoked where one person may be further along in their journey than the other person Mm -hmm. and and how that can be a challenge. Um, Yeah, we were actually talking about this yesterday. So I would say we kind of started at the same place, similar place. You know, when we were in college, we made it a priority. We would always go over to the Newman Center and go to Mass um, every week. And there were a couple of our friends from high school and um, that did the same thing. So, So that was always kind of an anchor. But it was more for both of us in that day, a bit of a checking of the box like definitely we know we're supposed to do this we were raised catholic we went to catholic school this is the expectation we have no reason to not want to do this so we just did it but like we didn't get involved they're like oh we're having a spaghetti spaghetti dinner tomorrow or whatever we're like no thanks we're good you know so we didn't we didn't really like engage in our faith you know 
And then, um, and that came later, I would say well into um, our 30s. And, and then it was like, one of us would kind of pull ahead, and the other would catch up. And nice. then one would pull ahead yeah. and the other would catch up. So, um, yeah, maybe I wouldn't say like dragging each other along by any means, but like kind of a, Hey, I'm, I'm doing this. Like Aaron one year, he's like, I'm reading the gospels now. And I'm like, Oh, well, I want to read the gospels or, you know, <laughs> I should and, do that. Yeah. And one day he's like, I bought myself a Bible and I'm like, Oh yeah. Like your, oh, th- your I mean, grown up Bible, you know, not like no. your first communion Bible <laughs> right. or whatever. And I was like, I want a grown up Bible. And so he bought me a Bible, you know, hey, but this is, this is a great point. I mean, that, that really illustrates where we were. I didn't own a grown up Bible until, uh, well, it was the year of faith. It was the year, it was the, it was the year of faith. I, what, I don't remember when that was now, but, but we're not talking like a, the, the, the picture Bible. No, no, no. <laughs> but yeah. I think okay. I, yeah. But like, that wasn't something even in like I had the one for high school, yeah. Mm-hmm. But clearly, I was not reading it because I didn't have one. Mm. Um, and definitely, checking the box was was kind of the thing. And it's unfortunate um, looking back on it, but that was all part of the growth. It's all part of the growth. I think that's an important point. I mean, sometimes we we speak um, condescendingly, maybe uh, about just checking boxes or just showing up and you know going through the motions. But there's that that if that if it's a foundation that that's present as we were talking about our, our habits and our routines at that point, at that season, individually in, in, in your lives, as well as in your marriage, thank God, you know, for that foundation, mm-hmm. thank God for those anchors that are there for you. Absolutely. Yeah. It bridges the gap. Right. So it's like, okay. I mean, even right now I'm, probably not in my faith where I hope I'll be 10 years from now or 20 years from now. Like I hope that every year of my life I can say I grew deeper in my faith and I grew closer to the Lord and, um, you know, until I meet him face to face. I mean, that that's kind of the goal. So we, we start as infants and we progress and there's a natural progression that happens in everybody's life. And, and yeah, those foundations, that's why we give that to our children. That's why, you know, so that in that, sorting out your life phase, you have something to fall back on. And I do think, I mean, for me, especially, I mean, even in the like checking the box stage of things, I very much heard the Lord speaking to me and calling me and pulling me and I knew he wanted more. And so then it was just getting to a point where I was ready to say yes to what that more looked like at that time. I remember um, one of the pivotal moments in my faith journey um, I had seen something online of, and you guys have probably all seen this, but like there was this illustration that showed up of um, this younger woman who had uh, obviously gone to heaven um, and was embracing Jesus for the first time. And the joy and the look on their faces was just like radiant. Like we made it, we did it, like I'm here. And I remember seeing that and thinking to myself, what would that look like for me? Like mm-hmm. what would what would that be like? And I remember... Um, closing my eyes and trying to picture that moment. And I was kneeling, which, you know, obviously shows some level of reverence and positioning between me and God. But then when I opened my eyes, God wasn't embracing me. God was like really far away. He was tiny. Mm -hmm. And it was very illustrative to me at the time how far away I was from Jesus at that moment. Um, And yet, I was probably one of probably the worst ways that you could be Catholic, which is to think you're on the right path, but not realize that you're not. 
And so like I'm there checking the boxes, doing the things that I need to do or thought I needed to do. And I realized, oh, I've, I've got a really long way to go because this is not what God intends for me. And this is not where I should be. And we've talked about it quite a bit. Like one of those things was it, it had been 15 years before I, be, uh, between confessions. And then when that happened, it was like peeling back an onion. It was, it, it was, I would go multiple times to just try to get to the root of my sin to rip it out mm-hmm. um, or for God to rip it out. But um, anyway, so that was, that was one of the big things in my mind. I don't know if you had anything like that or not, but. Aaron and Liz Christie with us here in the cafe. We're talking about their walk with the Lord. The, did you see the first reading today? Uh, this passage from. Not yet. Uh, Remember my morning routine that's right. struggles. That's right. Well, I, uh, I love this passage. It's from uh, the first book of Samuel. And it's that conversation with uh, uh, Samuel, Eli, and, and the Lord calling, you know, Samuel, you know. Samuel, you know, Samuel, you know, go back to sleep, you know, or, or, you know, you're calling and then he mm-hmm. wakes up Eli and is like, no, no, go, go back to I sleep. I didn't call you. Go back to it, sleep. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Here I am, Lord. It, but there's, there's this one line in here at that time, Samuel was not familiar with the Lord, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, but his ears were open and the Lord and Eli <laughs> were both patient with him and and both helping him through. And, and there's always somebody, um, if, if we look hard enough, that we're willing to be there to help us on the journey. And I think that's one of the, one of the many beautiful things in, in our faith is that there is community, that you know, we are universal and somewhere there is somebody willing uh, to help us and, and you two helped each other in, in a very, very beautiful way as a couple. How, um, how quickly did uh, children arrive then? Yeah. So the Christie household. <laughs> um, not immediately. So we were married in 1998, the summer we graduated college. I'm glad and... she didn't ask me. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> so actually 25 years, we're celebrating our, uh, 25 year anniversary year Mm. we're going to celebrate it all year so um and yeah so not for a few years we um well so we actually like early in our marriage um contraception was part of the equation so um that was something we had to work through and um eventually we got that sorted out and that was followed by some delay in just conceiving, um, not for any specific reason that, you know, we really knew of. Um, and then, and then we had our first daughter in 2004 and then we had our son in 2006 and, and then here's where the, you know, at least, at least for me, like a critical point in the journey and, uh, you know, for our marriage and everything, um, we actually have lost 13 babies. Mm. Um, so we have a really big family. It's just not obviously visible, you know, right now. Um, but, um, yeah, just early miscarriage, ectopic pregnancy, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was, that was a lot that, that was a test on us for sure. Um, I think for me, just like physically going through that and for Aaron, not knowing exactly how to 
support that or what you know how what he was supposed to feel and what right. what that looks like for the husband because it's different and you you grieve differently you process differently um so but on the other side of that i mean it's strengthened us in immeasurable ways and um and i think you know now with some years past you know going through that um it's a beautiful part of our story mm-hmm. and yeah and so i can say that now how how did you approach the Lord as, as you're going through the miscarriage? I mean, is it crying out to him? Everything. You know, why are you doing this or why are you letting this happen Yeah. to prayers of trust? I mean, how, yeah, everything. how, how was your faith I, there? I, you know, um, God showed up very powerfully. Um, in fact, my biggest encounter story with the Lord happened just two weeks before we lost that first baby. And... I was in the chapel praying for someone else and, and their family. And um, the Lord made himself present to me in what seemed like an embrace. Mm. Um, and so he was answering my prayer at the time for other people, but he was strengthening me for something I didn't even know about yet. Mm. And so I was able to draw on that over and over again. But I will say this, um, <laughs> you guys, this radio station actually was like, critical um so the the day i realized um uh that we were going to lose that first baby i and you know i was delivering babies at the time working for you know OBGYN office so um i had the luxury of having immediate wonderful care you know so i called one of the doctors and like i think something's going on she's like come in I'll do an ultrasound we'll get some blood work you know so immediately I had everything I needed which was great but she she confirmed she's like yeah it looks like you know uh, you're gonna lose this baby and I called Aaron and then I you know told him and then I got in the car to drive home and I turned on the radio station and whatever show was on it was like a call-in show I don't even know who it was but they said up next we're gonna take a call from a mom asking how to talk to her kids about miscarriage. Wow. Because that was our big concern. Like, what are we going to tell these children? You know, how, what do we tell them? And and Aaron called me back. He's like, are you listening to the radio? I'm like, yes. I cannot even believe, you know. And so mm-hmm. so that, and then um, we got through the weekend, and then Monday morning, it was like a huge low point for me. And it happened to be a day off work. The kids were back in school. Aaron was at work. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm all alone. Like, I don't want to deal with myself today. Like right. this is this is too hard of a day. So I'm like, well, I'll drive up to Easton and go shopping or something. I needed immediate distraction. And so I turned the radio station back on and they were like, oh yeah, up next we have so-and-so with her book about a Catholic woman's guide to miscarriage. <laughs> and I was like, okay. So providential. And so wow. I just, I didn't shop. I sat in my car and I listened and I cried and, you yeah. know, started the healing journey. And um, yeah. And so- I knew that the Lord was with me and I knew I wasn't going to be alone. And so that those things helped with what was to follow. Mm -hmm. But I think by the second or third one that we lost, I was like, because, you know, it's very common to have a miscarriage or a couple miscarriages in between um, healthy pregnancies and I knew that and I'm like okay this is just this is just part of our journey this is but by the third one I was like mm, hmm. no 
this isn't just a thing. This is like, this is much bigger and there's more tied to this. And so um, the Lord used that in my life to lead me eventually to parish ministry and to serve at my parish, which then eventually got me into diocesan ministry. Um, so it's just, it, it's a much longer story for, and I've, I've told it here and there other times, but um, yeah, that was, that was just huge and critical and um, just kind of changed everything as it does. But, yeah. 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 Liz, Liz and Aaron Christie, uh, parishioners at Seton Parish in Pickerington, uh, we're talking uh, about your journey together and um, uh, these uh, miscarriages. Aaron, how what was happening with you at that point? I mean, it was hard. Um, and like Liz said, I, I as a as a father, I, I didn't always know the best way to support her. Um, and so it was kind of a day by day thing. I I don't remember. You have a better memory on this stuff than than I did, were there things that I was not doing that you wanted me to do? No, I, I mean, he was 100% amazing. It would just be like, tell me what you need. I'm here. Or I'm praying for you. One thing that he did also really sweet, like he would, now he works from home, but when he didn't work from home, in the morning before he would like get up and start his day, I would open my eyes and he'd be kneeling next to me at the side of the bed. I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm like, are you praying for me? And he's like, yeah. And he would just be there praying. And that was like a consistent thing that would happen every day. And, you know, we never talked about it. It, never, it was never like, oh, I'm going to do this, you know, be prepared. It was just like he just did it. And um, that was amazing. I mean, praying for your spouses in visible ways and also in ways that they don't even see, I think, um, is one of the greatest gifts you can give each other. I love it. love it. So... Were you at, at Seton Parish at that point? Um, no. So I I started at Seton right after the last baby. And there was a conversation in the chapel because I was, um, I knew I was pregnant. This was, you know, the 13th time of this. And so, but every time I was like, oh, Lord, maybe we can have a different outcome this time. Mm-hmm. You know, so I was in the chapel and I'm like, please, can can we keep this one? We'll be, we'll be really good parents. We'll take good care of it. Um, and what I heard was no, but I'm giving you the city instead. Wow. And I was like, what does that even mean? But I already was on track to start at the parish. Um, I think a month or two later. So I was like, okay, then I'm going to care for this parish in the way that I want to care for this child. I love that because Mm -hmm. (laughs) actually I was, I was thinking about that. I'm not sure if it was actually in the context of talking about um, serving parishes. Boy, if more of us made that commitment to mm-hmm. to our community, it, it was actually coming out of the conversation that we were having with the Focus Missionaries yesterday and their commitment to caring for the, the students at Ohio State. Mm-hmm. And I've never looked at the community of Westerville or you know, the parishes as being that much of a mission territory for me. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And just to have that mind, mindset, mm-hmm. did you guys share that? Were you ace on, on board, <laughs> on, on board with, um, or on the same page, not on board, but 
did did you look at the parish community in Pickerington and everything as mission territory? I think for me, a, a little bit, a little bit. Um, I think for me, though, it was more a support of Liz. Mm-hmm. Um, at first, I yeah. think at first that was his. He's like, I, I'll I, help you. I saw, I really did see God, especially in retrospect now, but I really see, I did see God moving things in a really clear direction mm-hmm. um, in our lives and our marriage and especially for her um, in a career because it became less of a job and it became more of, like you said, a mission. Um, and so I felt very called to be as supportive on that as, and I mean, and, and you know, obviously switching from a, as a nurse midwife to a role at a parish was a huge financial commitment. It was a financial sacrifice as well. Um, and so it was things that we talked about together, but I saw the much better benefit in the, for ourselves, but also for the people surrounding us that needed us, that needed God. Mm, that's beautiful. We were speaking with uh, Father Conley last week on the, on the feast day for Elizabeth Ann Seton. And I think I knew that this was a very community oriented parish, but when he started talking about all the ways in uh, that that Seton Parish serves the area, it, it's pretty intense. Mm-hmm. I mean, there there really is something for everybody there. Definitely. Yeah, it's a very it, yeah, it's a vibrant parish. Did you know she was <laughs> named after Elizabeth Ann Seton? Serious? Yeah, I was. Okay. She was canonized um, right after my mom found out, or right before, or right after. My mom found out she was pregnant, so she said, "This is a girl." That'd she's Elizabeth. She's Elizabeth Ann. Yeah. God's God's providence again. Yeah. I know. Right. And then, then, then the parish. I, when I was a child, it was interesting trying to sort out like what came first because the parish was new. It was built in like seventy eight, I think, initially. Um, like within a year or two of uh, mm-hmm. the canonization. It was quick. Yeah. yeah, yeah. My mom tells a fun story about how the pastor of the time knocked on her door and said. I know you go to St. Pius, but you live in Pickerington and we're building this church. So you're going to come and do music over here. And she said, okay. <laughs> so that was history. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What ways are, are you guys specifically involved at, at the parish? Yeah. Um, a lot of stuff. Okay. So a lot of things, but um, kind of where like we both kind of intersect is um, social and digital media. So we kind of, I mean, he's the IT guy and, and, uh, I kind of oversee the content. So, so there's that. And then, um, it was funny a few years ago, we wanted to start uh, that man is you and that man is me. That man, is <laughs> that man was you. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and also it was Tim Bowie. I think, you know, yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. yes. So, and it was kind of like, like, you know, you're starting a men's ministry and it's like, if you said, and we did at the same time we started a women's ministry and the, the women are like, yep, we're ready. Let's go. We'll, we'll do all the things. And the guys were like, I don't know, maybe someone else should do it. And, and one day I just looked at both of them and I'm like, listen, that man is not me. Okay. Yeah, That's what I yeah. know for sure. <laughs> I think it might be you go pray about it. And then they both said yes. And, and we got that kicked off mm, several the power years ago. Of a woman. That's right. <laughs> like it's, I'm not that man. So, um, and then you served pastoral council for a while and, um, yeah. And then, yeah, I just did a lot of like music and evangelization and, and still do many of those things. So, yeah. 
Yeah. Now, you've also been able to journey with uh, Father John Ricardo and his team at Acts 29. Mm. Um, I know some of it came out of when we put on the rescue project here in Columbus, but you guys have continued to stay close. Yeah, Aaron uh, Aaron likes to show up with his camera at places. He's Secretly, he's a bit of an introvert, so the camera is... Uh, <laughs> He doesn't seem to be an introvert, but he is. And so the camera kind of gives him, you know, if he has a purpose to be somewhere, that gives him that. And If I have a camera to hide behind, there you then, go. I, then I don't have to talk <laughs> yeah. to people very long. You can be a part of the action, yeah, but also right. have a project. Yeah, That's exactly right. But have he a mission. Yeah, but he also has a really good eye for, for just taking some really beautiful photos. So when they were here in Columbus, he just took some, and then we just passed them along. We're like, here, if these can be useful to you. And it turns out they were. And then they said, what are you doing in August? Can you come take pictures? And then what are you doing uh, in the fall? Come to Atlanta. You know, so, um, yeah, just kind of translated to more things. On your trip to Atlanta, mm -hmm. I know it was a, a pretty amazing experience I've, I've heard about. Mm -hmm. um, now, you weren't actually working the event, were you? You went no, down to I was just both participating. of you to, to participate. Yeah. But yeah. having been through it and knowing how the day develops mm -hmm. you're able to spend some time you know with with uh friends new friends at, at your yeah, table as I, I know we talked about it here a while back but that you know the lord does amazing things when we open our hearts and say yes and you know the the short version of the story was aaron needed to go take pictures i was going to go with him but also feeling stressed and about all the things i needed to take care of and worry about back home um, but then I just kind of surrendered my day and the Lord put a beautiful person in my path and, um, yeah, we got to spend the day kind of, kind of just letting the Lord use that time, um, in a really powerful way. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. What excites you most now at this stage in your lives about, uh, about ministry and serving the Lord? What gets you going in the morning? Everything. Like I, I wake up every day and I'm like, I cannot believe I get to do all of this. Mm -hmm. And, and then I ask the Lord to, you know, put it all in right order because there's too many things and I don't know how to do all of this. Um, and he does. And, um, yeah, just getting to serve the diocese, being a support to parishes and, um, you know, helping, helping bring souls to Christ at the end of the day. That's the goal. I want to get to heaven. I want Aaron in heaven. I want our children in heaven, and I want as many people as possible um, to to know the Lord and to and to get to heaven forever. And um, so, whatever we can do to help that, I mean, that's the goal. Mm -hmm. How about you, Ace? Uh, I am very much in the shadow of Liz, so like we and really enjoy actually talking about a lot of this stuff. So when new ideas mm -hmm. come up or um, or whatever, like we spend a lot of time in our evenings talking about it. And as the kids have gotten older, um, you know, our daughter's freshman at high State and our son is, as you know, or, you know, people who live in this situation, you know, he drives all his events and everything now. So we have, we have time. free time yeah. with each other. Yeah. Um, Cam, there's Cam, hope. Yeah. yeah. I'm sorry, Cam. <laughs> yeah. It'll happen. Hang on. Yeah. But I, w yeah. we both enjoy that. Like, yeah. oh, let's go out on a date. Let's spend time together. Let's talk about our day. And it's uninterrupted now mm -hmm. for the most part, you know, so, um, yeah, that's, there, that's been great there for, um, in a lot of the men's groups that I've been a part of, one of the common fears that men talk about is like, I'm not sure when the kids leave, what my relationship's going to look like with my spouse. 
Um, and I'm worried about that. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't know how much of our hobbies and our interests overlap, but in, at least in our case, it's, it, it overlaps quite a bit. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's like a new phase of like discovery of like, okay, now what? But, oh, this is fun. Yeah. Let's, let's go here. Liz and Aaron, it's been beautiful to just hear your dynamic together as a married couple and, but also just some of the difficulties that you've been through. And, you know, a lot of those things could have broken any couple, but what has been like just the glue that you guys, you're able to just keep going and growing together? I mean, definitely Christ. Yeah. I, I remember very vividly at multiple points along this way, like thinking, okay, this is a point where at this level of suffering or whatever, there's a choice. You lean on the Lord or you run away. Mm -hmm. And so if you're leaning on the Lord, then you're going to want what he wants for you. Of course, he wants our marriage to be strong. Of course, he wants us to to grow closer to him together. So if you're leaning on the Lord, then it puts everything else in the right order. And I think I would say um, something that I learned late in the game that, you know, I, I realized that both for marriage and for having children, there are large and small crosses that people out there right now are probably struggling with. Um, and those may be with your spouse, maybe with your children, maybe with your in-laws, your parents or whatever. And so the one thing that I learned really late in the game is how important adoration is. Mm -hmm. And if you, there are some crosses that are so hard to bear that the only way, the only way that you are going to be able to help that situation is by being on your knees and kneeling in the gap. Mm. and praying for God's mercy. That's it. And so I know there's probably a lot of people out there that are like, thanks, random guy on the radio station, <laughs> but I don't have time. I am really busy right now. And I would suggest that you ask God. You know, Jesus said, ask, knock, and seek in that order. Ask God, because I know when I was in that situation, the first thing I did is say, God, I really need to be able to do adoration. I know you're being, you're calling me to that. How do I go about doing that? How do I fit the time into my schedule? And it was like the Newman Center. It was like, I, I didn't hear him speaking, but I heard this, you know, spend the time to go in, find the time on Sunday when you can. Amen. Listen, Aaron, Christy, thank you both. I want to go back and listen to the show again. Yeah. Uh, thank you guys so much. Uh, tomorrow we have New Year's Habits and Virtue with David Locke and Maggie Wright. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, a world without end. Amen. God bless you all. See you tomorrow at 8.